Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi there. Welcome to another episode of Timeline Tapes. I'm your host, Nate Fisher. Our YouTube channel, Timeline, has hundreds of documentaries on it that explore history from all around the world. But here on this podcast, we know that not everyone has the time to watch them all. So now, you can listen to them here, wherever you are. Previously on the podcast, we looked into the secret feud that took place behind closed doors at Buckingham Palace, involving the Queen Mother and Prince Philip. If you missed that, you can find it on our feed. This week, we're bringing you another two-parter called Sexpionage. That's right, it's a deep dive into the East German intelligence service, who ran a secret operation with their Romeo spies, agents who were sent out to seduce women with a connection to the government. The voice of the documentary is actor John Sim. You might know him from Life on Mars or Doctor Who, and it features first-hand interviews with a variety of former East German spies, as well as Gabrielle Kleem and Margaret Hike, who were both in relationships with Stasi Romeos. As some of these interviews are originally in German, there is some overlap in the translations. From the heart of East Berlin, a group of middle-aged men ran the Cold War for the East. Their strategy included the standard tools of espionage, but they were also working on a new secret weapon. From the early 1960s until the collapse of communism in 1989, this group spent years designing the perfect man. Their experiments helped create an army of undercover agents who were dispatched to the West. Their task, to seduce lonely West German secretaries and persuade them to hand over government secrets. They left behind them a trail of abandoned and betrayed women who had no idea their lovers were actually spies. Those were actually the best years of my life. I was 32, you know. I could have lived, I could have had a life, and I didn't. Known as Romeos, they were experts in the art of pretending to love. What problems do men have in deceiving women? Not too many. You know, it's, you do it once or twice or three times, and then you are pretty cold about the whole thing. A lot of people will think it's just infatuation or sexual attraction. It was all of that, but it was much, much more. It was an in eternal longing within me, which I never even knew I had until I actually saw him. From 1977 until 1984, Gabrielle Kleem had an affair with a man who she thought was the love of her life. 
she was unaware that in reality, he was an East German spy mining her for West German secrets. Gabrielle passed on more secrets to the East than any other agent in her position. He should have gotten an Oscar. The Oscar would be too small of an award for his uh, portrayal, you know, because he was a fantastic actor. Really, seriously, because uh, he never made me doubt this for a minute. The Romeos were trained to exploit what different women dreamed of in a man. Margaret Herker met her Romeo lover in 1968. For 17 years, she too unknowingly became a key source for the East. I suppose his instructions were to humor me, to adapt to me, to listen, be attentive. And at the time, it was important to have the feeling there was someone there for me. I'd never had that before. I'd never had anyone I could talk to about my problems. The Romeo program, which entrapped Margaret and Gabrielle, was devised in the early 1960s by the HVA, East Germany's foreign intelligence service, from their headquarters in East Berlin. It was intended to be a key part of their battle with the West. These were the years of the Cold War, when Germany was divided into communist East and capitalist West. At its heart was the Berlin Wall, which divided the city in two. East and West were sworn enemies, representing rival ideologies and rival military blocs. It was crucial for the HVA to know what their enemies in the West were thinking. Our main goal was to infiltrate the key power centers of the West, NATO, the Secret Service, the West German government. We thought about how to penetrate these targets, and we came up with the idea of going for single secretaries who had positions in important places. It was the Romeo's job to seduce the Western secretaries and mine them for secrets. The East Germans looked for very specific qualities in the men who were to be sent to the West. The typical Romeo was between 25 and 35, a good-looking, well-educated East German. He had good manners and would be attractive to lonely women. First and foremost, they had to be politically reliable. What was the use of a good-looking man if he couldn't be trusted? We were looking for faith in the party, loyalty, willingness to join the struggle. So we valued political reliability above all else. Strangely enough, these secretaries often fell in love with men who weren't always that good-looking. They had other qualities. For example, they might be a father figure, reliable and serious. More important to these women was the inner values of these men, men who made them think, yes, I could share my life with him. He was the kind of man who, when he walks into a room, you think he's important, he's tall, he appears to be something special. Gerhard Bayer was deemed to have these qualities and was selected to be sent to the West. My particular talent was that I really understood people. I could really engage with them and relate to their problems. This gave women the feeling that they were dealing with a very extraordinary man. To learn their trade, the men selected as Romeos were sent to Belzig, a secret training camp outside Berlin. The syllabus was extensive. Marxist-Leninism, espionage, and most importantly, human nature. Good espionage work always rests on a firm grasp of psychology. 
I learned a lot about applied psychology and psychological manipulation. I studied human behavior very closely through various different approaches, such as Freudian theories. The Romeos were being sent to the West to be promiscuous, to seduce and deceive. But the East German regime was highly moralistic. There was no mention of sex. Intelligence chiefs liked to pretend women would be seduced by higher motives. We were all ideologically very indoctrinated. The political motive for doing intelligence work was always uh, uh, depicted as the strongest, the most reliable. Uh, the use of human weaknesses was in generally played down. You didn't want to be seen as working with sleazy characters. It was a contradiction the Romeos also had to deal with. We were told that morality was all important. The wife was highly valued in East German society. You should never deceive your wife. But these guys were told that they had to go to the West and do the very opposite. This was a conflict that was always there and was never discussed. Their training over, most Romeos were sent to Bonn, West Germany's capital. It was the home of government ministries and foreign embassies the key targets for the East Germans. Bonn is a relatively small town, full of ministries and administration. The professionals, so the politicians who worked there, they usually had their family lives, but they had a lot, lots of secretaries. And we knew that Bonn was a lonely place. These women didn't have anything to do in the evening. And for a woman, they had to find a partner. It's nearly impossible. They work long hours, they don't have a lot of spare time, and there are just not enough possible partners. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Welcome back to Timeline Tapes. We've just explored how East German Romeos were trained and are rejoining the documentary as they are sent to West Germany's capital, Bonn. 
it was not only a difficult place to meet men, it was just no place at all to meet men. The competition was fierce. I mean, if there was one man, word of mouth, you know, before he even arrived, everybody said, oh, there's somebody coming who is not married, because most of them were married. And, and then there were just 20 or more women waiting for this person. Gabrielle Kleem worked as a secretary at the American Embassy in Bonn in the mid-1970s. She had hoped to meet a diplomat to marry, but was finding life in the capital as a single woman difficult. You didn't get invited anywhere, you didn't, you didn't fit in anywhere. You had to have this kind of husband or fiancé who had to have this position. Margaret Herker had also moved to Bonn in search of a new life in the late 1950s. She worked as a secretary to the president of West Germany. I suppose I was looking for independence, to escape from the narrowness of my parents' home, to put some distance between us. I particularly wanted to get away from my mother, who had always kept us very close. So it was against her will that I went away, and I applied for the job in secret. They were both just the sort of vulnerable women working in useful places the HVA was looking for. A woman who had been neglected by life up to then, you know, she was in her early 30s, lonely, normally not too pretty. But when they were too pretty, that was, that was no good. A little bit ugly, not too ugly, because, you know, you had to enable the Romeo to do his job. The Romeos were like vultures, circling the skies above Bonn. They found their victims so easily. The Romeos now planted themselves in Bond's cafes and waited for secretaries to seduce. Margaret Herker and Gabrielle Kleem were about to meet the men who would change the course of their lives. One summer afternoon, Gabrielle Kleem, a secretary at the American Embassy in Bonn, was waiting to meet a gentleman friend at a cafe on the banks of the River Rhine. When I was sitting there waiting for this friend, I saw this man coming towards me and he was so uh, tall and blonde hair and fantastic blue eyes. I thought that a man like this would be actually the answer to all of my inner dreams. And I looked at him and he came closer and closer and then he talked to me and I thought, well, if ever in my life I could have a boyfriend like this, and then uh, he asked me out, and he said that we could go for dinner, and he wanted to spend the evening with me. He ordered a lot of wine, and he talked to me, and I just remember the feeling I had of uh, totally falling in love with him. The man who approached Gabrielle in the cafe was a Romeo. His bosses in Berlin had intricately planned this first meeting. They'd been watching her for two years to see what type of Romeo would suit her best. The man she was supposed to be meeting that day was also an HVA agent she had met a year earlier. He had intentionally not turned up and sent Romeo agent Frank Dietzel to meet her instead. They studied the psychology of the women exactly. This was very important. For example, she doesn't have a husband. What does she do in her spare time? That was researched in great detail. The Romeo would then consider how to make his first approach. He played out the situation in advance in his head. 
which story to use. It was all staged. It was pure theatre. That day on the Rhine, the HVA had got it just right. It was not only that he was so tremendously good-looking, that he was so intelligent. Also, he reminded me of my father, which I never had. And this is something I had always waited for. And every kind of inner dream, which I didn't, wasn't even aware of that I had those dreams, he answered to those dreams and wishes and ideas. These weaknesses were all registered. Loneliness was a big one like they wanted a father figure. So our man arrives on the scene. He has money, he's good-looking and charming. The secretary becomes obsessed, and she will do everything not to lose him. First encounters between a Romeo and a potential source were not always planned in advance. Romeos were always on the lookout for secretaries to seduce. For Margaret Herker, it was a chance meeting outside a telephone box near her house. He'd seen me from his flat. It overlooked the telephone box I used. I'd been waiting to call my parents, but hadn't been able to get through, so I'd been pacing up and down outside. He'd heard my steps and had come down. I'd never seen him in my life before. But after a while, we got chatting, and we ended up going for a walk along the Rhine. That's how it all started. The Romeo told Margaret his name was Franz Becker, and he claimed to be a student. She revealed she was a secretary to the West German president. When I told him where I work, he was unable to conceal the fact that he was a bit nervous, a little bit excited. And I suppose he thought, that's fantastic. And it fitted in very nicely, of course. HVA chiefs in Berlin were immediately alerted that a very important contact had been made, nothing less than a secretary to the president of West Germany. It was now Franz Becker's job to turn that contact into a source. We always used the same method, create trust, build the foundations for a long relationship, manipulate emotions. This was the simplest method, rooted in basic human nature. Margaret and Becker began an intimate sexual relationship. He said he needed me because he was all alone in the world. I'm not sure whether it was pity I felt, but I did have this sense of being somehow responsible for him a kind of maternal feeling. And when he visited me at my flat, it seemed to me as if he was coming home, that he was coming back to where he belonged. Becker spent three years developing the relationship with no mention of obtaining any secrets. He tapped into her loneliness and her need for companionship. Well, he was the sort of person you could rely on. That was important. He was a wonderful listener. He really engaged with me. He made me feel as if I was someone special. For most of these women, it was probably a dream come true. They suddenly have a partner who is very attentive, who is very nice, who avoids all mistakes, who wants to keep the relationship stable and going. And here you have almost the ideal partner. For Gabrielle, it was a whirlwind romance. Her Romeo lover, Frank Dietzel, claimed he worked abroad and could only see her every four to six weeks. They met for passionate weekends in hotels along the River Rhine. I would always drive there with a tremendous amount of longing. You're just driving there, you were totally high as if you had taken some drugs or something. And then you would meet him and then you would know that, that this was the only life you would get for all this time and you really had to make the most of it. 
the way he moved and he just oozed sexuality. And so I was sexually totally dependent on him. I never ever considered even looking at another man. I thought that I just could not live without it and this longing which he built up because of the lack of sexuality in the interim periods. And I always had to wait for five weeks and he came up with those idiotic mathematical equations telling me that if he would go to bed with me six or seven times during this one weekend, <laughs> that this would equate, no, this is not funny, this would equate to, to whatever during the weekend and this would then come up if you add this all up to this normal relationship. Frank Dietzel sent the intimate details of his relationship with Gabrielle back to Berlin. They were poured over by intelligence chiefs at HVA headquarters, who could then plan the next stage in the relationship. Sex played a role, of course. It was reported whether sex was important to the woman. This kind of information was included in a dossier, and the Romeo used it to plan his behavior. The Romeo would report about sex verbally to his controller, but that side of things was left pretty much to the Romeo to manage as he saw fit. But it was discussed when it was relevant to the operation. Gabrielle may have fallen passionately in love, but for all Romeos, sex served a very specific purpose. We had an expression for this. We called it the post-coital readiness to disclose information. What this meant was that women you were sleeping with were prepared to reveal an enormous amount after sex. This will never happen during the day when they're at their most rational, which is why you have to work on them in the evening, when they're at their most emotional. Thanks for listening to Timeline Tapes. That's it for part one of this two-part documentary. Join us again next week for part two. If you can't wait to learn more, you can find this documentary and many others over on our YouTube channel, Timeline. If you want to reach out to Timeline Tapes, you can email us at timeline at little.studios.com, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Those are both at TimelineWH. If you enjoyed this show, please subscribe. Give us a five-star rating and write a review, too. I've been Nate Fisher. This has been Timeline Tapes. Let's go down in history together. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.